Hello, y'all, and welcome to On the Sofa with Sisu. I'm Olajide. And I'm Louisa. And this week, we have an extra special guest, Ricky from Up the Road. Ricky. Ricky. What's on this week's show? All right, today we're talking about monogamy. We're talking about serial dating, which are kind of opposites. We're talking about Grinder. <laughs> we're talking about the coronation and Grey's Anatomy because we all need a bit of Meredith Grey in our lives. <laughs> Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, hello! Oh, welcome back, y'all! Don't know about you, but I am hot. Uh, coming in hot! You've been a hot, a hot mess that, all day! How did that song go? Oh, I'm coming this? in hot! I'm that's all we know. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's all we know. I think you made that song up. No, it's a, it's a... Oh, no, I'm actually thinking of something else. Okay. Nothing Maybe. can stop me. I'm all the way up. Oh, yeah, nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Oh, God. Oh, God, I've got that totally wrong. Different song. Yeah. Anyhow, how was your week? Well, it's been an eventful week, actually. Um, Maisie had a strike day again. So that was interesting. It's like become our everyday. It's a regular thing. It's just I've become been, like our everyday. She hasn't had a full day at school, a full week at school for like God knows how long. I don't know. Mm. Um, but also something really terrible happened this week, which um, I have never experienced before. And uh, somebody was actually stabbed outside of Maisie's school um, at pickup time. Yeah, it was honestly. <laughs> I did I not. I don't know why I just laughed. It's just. It's. It's just. You just couldn't it's, make it up. It's just the it's the world that we live in. Like, well, that's hit- what I thought. Like, oh my gosh! Like, is this where we are now in the in the, in the in this world? Like, at least we're, we're not as bad as America. Stabbings all the time. It's very very sad, but it was very scary. Um, the kids were obviously really upset. Um, there wasn't it. It wasn't seen by many children. There was some that saw it happen, but there was a lot of uh, blood and stuff on the floor on the way home and Maisie's very queasy and so that really um shook her up uh but yeah it was it was a bit of a mad time and to be honest it's kind of like uh, taken over my whole thoughts from the week because I just thought number one like how scared that person must have been Mm. um number two you know the kids that were outside already on their way home from school they must have been so frightened um, you know, and the parents were panicking. It was just, it was pandemonium. Mm. It was pandemonium. But I will say, the police were very, very quick to the scene, and there was a lot of them. Do you know what? When you sent me the voice note, I, I told you, didn't I? I said I felt like I was listening to a podcast and um, a crime, a crime podcast. It just felt so surreal. Like, obviously, because we live so close to each other, it just felt like, wow, mm. this is happening in our, this is happening in our ends. Like, yeah. This yeah. Is, this is. It's like something you hear about really on the on the news and stuff, and it's happening a lot in London. But it it kind of almost doesn't seem as real until it happens on it your happens doorstep. On your doorstep. Yeah. That's what happened to us when we were in Halsden. Yeah. Like that's why we left Halsden. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, we left Halsden because it we're was... laughing because that's where I live now. <laughs> <laughs> we left Halsden because mm. it was someone got shot. And then on the flat above, and it was it was became really rough around. There were stabbings and shootings left, right, and centre. So, yeah, fortunately you could leave. That is, um, oh, we'll get you out, babes. We'll get you out. 
<laughs> I will get you out. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'm living in the suburbs. Fact <laughs> <laughs> is, you're not even in central London. Uh, I don't want to get like political about it, but the fact that this sort of stuff reaches this. I grew up in the suburbs too in Ealing, which is not quite as suburbs as you guys, but like there's you know you see crime and stuff there now that you didn't see before mm. and the fact that it's you know something like that happening where you live mm. is quite out of the ordinary yeah um well. but it is a testament to the to the time that we live in because mm. people are desperate it's on the rise and it comes from you know years and years of people living on just like the the brink yeah. You know, people are desperate. They've got no money. They can't afford the their energy line. bills, the poverty. Yeah. Um, you know, and that goes hand in hand with a rising crime because yeah. people are desperate. And so, you know, as much as it's you can talk about, you know, the, the, the amount of police officers that have been cut um mm. for the last however many years, or, you know, less um like social policing or I don't know what the I can't remember the word for it is now, but you know, like the P- PSOs, PCOs. Community, you mean like C- the community support. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they um, you know, there's less of them, mm. but actually, you know, people are in desperate times. People do desperate things. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I it's mean, a sign of the the, the the current climate that we live in. Hundred percent. That is the scary thing about it. God that God. is the scary thing about what it. Week? What a week. What a week. What yeah. a week. Yeah. Yeah. And you? And your week? Um. Uh, my week has been that. That's what my week has been. Pop, scratch, week. <laughs> I went to the, I can't say the word, the Hormonian Museum. Nice. <laughs> In Dulwich. Is it called the Hermonian? Herm- I have no idea what you're Hermonian. saying right now. Hermonian Gardens and Museum. Anyway. <laughs> We went outside. It was beautiful. Uh, Sean wanted us to go there because it's got a really amazing view of London and it had a market on, so we went there, which was lovely. Um, I also went to see Black Superhero uh, at the Royal Court Theatre. I saw that a couple of weeks ago. Did you? What did you think of it, please? (laughs) Mm. Um, I think it was really... I think it was done really well. Um, There were a few bits that I kind of wish they had explored a bit more. Mm. But given how many how many stories they try to tell in that amount of time, I understand why they probably couldn't explore certain topics in more depth, because mm. otherwise it would just go on for hours and hours. Yeah. Um, but know, I think it was really good. You know, I am always rooting for everyone black. You know me. That's my motto. However. Can you give the listeners a little scope about what, what it's about? Okay, first so of all, what's this plot? The plot is this uh, group of friends, gay, gay, um, and they kind of are in the in the, the, the arts, I say. like so they're, One of them's an actor. I think they're all actors. They're all actors, are mm. they? Yeah, they're all actors. And one of them plays a superhero in a in a film, mm. or, or he's sit, a Hollywood star. A sitcom, a sitcom, sitcom, um, yeah. and he is idolized by fans. And one of his friends is is obviously clearly well. All of them, the two guy, other guys, have a crush on him, and the storyline goes with both of them end up getting with him, 
one of them becomes obsessed with him um and he's actually married cheats on his part well no he's got he's in a what's it called open, open relationship. relationship and that's kind of the storyline goes around meandering around this guy who is the, the lead character who is kind of obsessed with him but also has a lot of mental health issues and trauma from previous uh, past stuff that's happened in his life um and he goes through dep- about depression um and and actually he's addicted to this superhero character because of his trauma right okay which is a good segue into the conversation we're going to have today isn't it it's mm. a great segue in today's episode but just just before we move on my thing that i did not appreciate about the storyline was i am bored of seeing the same narrative about gay relationships i always feel like people out there in the on the world think that gay people just go out and have loads of sex and they don't and they sleep with each other and that's just like the gay culture the gay you keep bashing the mic oh sorry the gay culture is all about sex 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 i feel very attacked right now But it's not like not every gay person sleeps around. Not every gay relationship is an open relationship. Not every gay person cheats. Not all gay friends sleep with each other. And I feel like every time I see a gay narrative, that is the same narrative that I'm seeing. And I just would like, and I, I feel like I came out the, the theatre, it's actually in the interval. I came out and I said to Sean, I was like, I just want to see a, like, a standard relationship like your mind a bit more romance a bit more romantic a bit more you know fun exploring the world like i can't relate to these these gay storylines because i don't have that i don't live that life and so it'd be nice to see more of the stuff that actually a lot of other people do relate to i don't want to always see trauma i don't always want to see all that negative stuff i don't want to see all the stereotyping that means no the gay culture i want to see stuff that's new that people don't know enough about like i live a very very cultured life and i'm gay i have never cheated (gasps) i do not sleep around i don't i'm not i'm not in an open relationship so why can't i see storylines that represent that and that's my other thing i would like to respond to that actually okay because I understand the the uh, want for nuanced um, gay characters on television, in movies, on this on the stage. I think this play, however, specifically like that, that had a specific audience. The writer clearly had a specific audience in mind when he when he wrote that play, um, and it wasn't for everybody. That wasn't for the straights to look at gay lives. That was a comp- that was a. It felt very much like a. <clears throat> a comment on his experience as a gay person which you know whilst it may be qu- quite different to the experience that you have as a gay person as a black gay person um many many people can relate to that and i think probably quite a lot of the gay community can relate to some of the issues that that he brought up in that play so i whilst i totally agree with you there does need to be a space for for you know nuanced Absolutely. characters um that doesn't then mean in place of the type of characters that we saw in that play because there's still a space for that there are still people that relate to that so we need to not replace one with the other but there there's definitely needs to be space to add in addition to so Uh, the writer (coughs) was the writer is gay also the writer is is the actor that played the main character character. oh really so this could be a reflection of his experiences it definitely was yeah the day i went to see he wasn't actually in it 
He was he wasn't in it. I talked to you after the show. <laughs> we thought something had happened because he, it was the last show. We went on Saturday. It was the last showing, <clears> and <throat> there he wasn't was, in it. So here's the tea. There was some drama between the actors. It actually got. T- stopped playing for a few days yeah because sean got cancelled yeah sean was booked on that day and it was drama but i don't know the the full ins and outs but there was some like drama between the the writer and some of the other cast members um and yeah i guess they just couldn't be on stage together from that point so it kind of it went off for a few days and then obviously he the actor was replaced with somebody else Oh, right. But this oh. is what I mean about the gays. You know, Dramas. you can't take them anywhere. Dramas. But can I just say, yeah, the reason why I say it is not because I think that the writer shouldn't share his story because I think it's, there's space for everyone's story. The thing is, is that I've seen a lot of plays recently that have been around the same kind of experience. And so I'm looking out there and thinking there is definitely a space for another sort of Do you know what story. I think it is Could as well, where though? where the fire is at the moment, though? <clears throat> the fire's always been there, though. That, that people... That, but that... It's a storyline that people, I think, already know a lot about. Do you know what it is as well? Like, to be, to take it to, like, kind of, like, a, a, a more, like, basic level. Like, that, those experiences, that trauma makes for good stories. It, it does. makes for good art. So, like, mm. you find that artists, you know, typically have had ex- those kind of experiences because that's what kind of influences that art. If you've lived a, a life with no trauma and you're just happy little gay life with, like, you know. Your white well, picket fence. Right. Nobody wants to hear about that. That's boring. I mean, you know, you're not going to go and sit in a theatre for an hour and a half and watch that, are you? My gay happy life. (laughs) Nobody wants to see that. Happy healthy homo. I would go and see it. (laughs) I think there are are other venues for that kind of thing. There's actually a podcast I listen to called Happy Happy Healthy Homo. And I would go and see a play that was called that because I want to see Happy Happy Healthy Homos. I can't relate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this takes we'll delve us into that later. We'll delve into that later. But you know what? I feel like Ricky's spoken so much, and we've not given him the true introduction. So over to you. Ricky <laughs> needs no introduction. You do. Ricky wrote his own introduction. <laughs> <laughs> a self-proclaimed relationship expert, despite never having been in one. Ricky is no stranger to the world of dating. Once described as a serial data by our very own Ology Day, Ricky's life can only be described as a series on unfortunate events. And today he is here to tell us all about how he navigates life as a single white female. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. 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 Thank you so much for agreeing to be be our guest, by the way. You can have another. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for agreeing to join us on on the sofa. Thank you so much for having me. I actually think it's hilarious that you guys asked me to come and like join your podcast on an episode specifically about relationships, knowing that I have no experience in the department. (laughs) But I, I also didn't. have a lot of opinions. I actually didn't. I oh, actually okay. didn't. I actually asked you to be on the episode to talk about gay dating. Well, that not I have experience. Not about relationships. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Do you want? Situationships. Yes. Yeah, we wanted you to <laughs> talk, about, talk about that. But before we go in, let's do what we love to do, our little icebreaker. So, uh, we, every episode, we have a little icebreaker just to... Just to break us in um and today the icebreaker is what's your biggest guilty pleasure (gasps) what is my biggest guilty pleasure oh my gosh that's a really i guess i can't say food um 
It's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? It is, because what do you constitute as like guilty? Like what is it? It kind of has negative connotations, but I like everything that I do. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe what society What's your star sign? I'm a Leo. That's a very Gemini answer. You are definitely a Leo. (laughs) Do you think? Yeah, look at him over there stroking his mane. (laughs) (laughs) I used to have a mane. It's gone now, though. You need your answer now, please. Oh, my guilty pleasure. Um, So I guess maybe like Grey's Anatomy? Grey's Anatomy. So I started watching Grey's Anatomy last year. And I watched 18 seasons in about six months. Yeah. And every season is about 20 something episodes. What? (laughs) And every episode is like 50 minutes long. (gasps) That's a lot of your time. Yeah, I know. What did you gain out of that? So this is why it's a guilty pleasure, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What did I gain out of that? Yeah. A really strong relationship with Meredith Grey. (laughs) And an appreciation for, you know, her trials and tribulations. (laughs) Did you learn any surgery? As a single white female, I can really relate. To <laughs> Did you learn anything about medicine and surgery? Because I used to watch Holby City like it was going out of fashion and I learned so much about... I mean, I remember... You are the, such a soap queen, do you know that? I know, but I learned how you could do the thing where you put your finger on people's throats, find the middle thing and poke a hole through. Oh, Don't ever do that, please. That. <laughs> I feel like you'd chop someone's head off. Yeah, just let them take their chances. Okay. <laughs> I've um, learned so much. No, I haven't learned anything medical that I can remember. No. Mm. What's your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure. I've got. I've got this crash on Paul Rudd. That's not guilty. Isn't it? Paul Rudd is everything. I feel like he's a bit goofy and a bit like no. everyone I've ever spoken to has not fancied him. No. They're, they're wrong. And That's the thing. Okay. What do you find attractive about him? The goofiness, I think it is. He's goofy. He's just, you know, like dad jokes. You know how much You love I a dad love joke. Does he have any kids? Dad jokes. Because he gives very much dad energy. I don't know, but he always plays a dad, I feel like, in films. Yeah. But, like but yeah, he's cute. He is the kind of guy that I would look at and be like, yeah, you can put a kid in me. Yeah. I'll carry Sorry. a child. Excuse me. Mm. Okay. It's the vibe that he gives off. Right. But I just feel like he's probably good to hang out. He's not like sexy vibes. He's mm. just like he's, good no, to but hang he out he is with. though. He's like, he's like. Oh my God, he's a sexy minger. I don't. Okay. Sure. I got told. I got given this. I got I don't told like that word minger. I got told this terminology. I think I know what you're going to say. When I was like, well, yeah, I used to when I when I worked at Burberry, and this uh, girl she came and worked with us for a few months, and um, she used to go on about her boyfriend's a sexy minger, and I was like, what even is that? And she was like, you know, like somebody who's kind of like sexy, but not so sexy to everybody else. And I was like, oh, well. Isn't that just like a partner? It's just acquired taste. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that just a partner? <laughs> you wish. Isn't that just um, a boyfriend? I think that I heard this term recently actually as well. I don't know if it's, I think it's evolved now. I think the, the Gen Z have taken it up. Oh. And now it's like, there's this thing called some people are ugly hot and some people are hot ugly. Right. And ugly, it's like, hot, yeah. So it's like ugly, ugly hot are like people like, that are like on paper, they're like a bit ugly, but actually like they're really hot. Like an example of that would be like Adam Driver, Who's for example. That? He's the guy that. Did you ever watch Girls with Lynn Dunham? 
No. no. Did you watch the new Star Wars film? She doesn't watch anything. You're basically talking a different language to me right now. Okay, Google Adam Driver in your own time. Okay. But he's like, when you look at him, he's like, that's a it's a really odd face. It's a bit weird looking. Can you pull Adam Driver up on the screen for us, please? <laughs> Is that a thing? Can yeah. we do that? Can you pull it out from the screen for us, please? But actually, on the when you like behind us. look at the whole picture and mm. you're like, oh, actually, mm. he's a bit of me. Okay. And then you've got people who are- So he's ugly what? Oh, look at him. He's ugly hot. Ugly hot. Because he's got right. a really weird face, but he actually he's really like fucking Keanu hot. He looks a Keanu Reeves. Yes. He's... A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's the hair. Yeah, the face is really like... He's like a cross between Keanu Reeves in, and Nicolas Cage. He was in Gucci. Yeah. He was in House of Gucci. I think so, yes. Yeah. And I thought that of him when I was on it. When he was on it, I was like, I fancy him, but I don't... You I, don't... That's it. But I don't That's ugly know. hot. That's yeah. ugly hot. Okay. But then you get people that are like hot ugly who are like on paper, like obviously should be really attractive and hot, but you're like, mm, I don't know if I would though. But they're assholes. Well, not necessarily <laughs> assholes, but like- an example. Like a lot of people use Chris Evans an ex- as an example, because he's like quite renowned for being like a heartthrob, like sex yeah, symbol. But when you look at him, of... you're like, mm, are you? Yeah, he's had a lot of hot. Oh, Chris Evans is hot. I mean, oh God. Yeah. But look oh, at him guy. though, is he? Oh, I thought you was talking about You should come about Ginger and Chris Evans. Yeah. From the radio. <laughs> Louisa, showing no. your age. He's hot. You are yeah. showing your age, Louisa. He hasn't got a top lip, but he's hot. And I've got. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what? I don't like this. I actually oh, don't. Like, no. I don't like judging people by no. the way that they look. It's don't not, judge it's, him. He married Billy not, Piper. He got it in. Cool. Is he, he still was having with a good, her? No, no, no. No. Okay. I don't oh, think it lasted God. very long. Anyway, that was funny. I like that. Um, so my biggest uh, guilty. Can pleasure. I just? Sorry. Can I just? <laughs> Can I just say, to differentiate between the Chris Evans, he typed Chris Evans ginger. I love it. Mm. <laughs> um, my guilty pleasure is definitely TikTok. I mm. don't care for anyone's judgment. I will spend, I mean, we looked at my my timings. Yeah, it was atrocious. Last, it, was, it was a lot. I'm not surprised. It was a lot. We've You've moved from Instagram to TikTok. Uh, but I love it. I can sit on the toilet, scroll. I can sit in bed and scroll. I can sit anywhere and just scroll and I just laugh. And I love it. It just makes me feel happy. You know that's by design. I know. That's what it's made for. TikTok, of all the social media apps, collects the most data on you. It really? collects tons and tons and tons of yeah, data. I mean, on you. that doesn't surprise me. And that's it's all designed to keep you sucked up. in. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Well, and it's like and it's like most things these days designed for us to just all be zombies. Mm. Well, not Grey's Anatomy. Anyway, <laughs> it's educational. <laughs> Stop talking about Grey's Anatomy, please. Um, but yeah, that was our icebreaker. Mm. Let's move on to the word on the street. Word on the street. Word on the street. Word, Word on, on the street. street. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Okay, so obviously it's been the king's coronation in recent times, and um, there's been a lot of conflicting opinions. But there was a post by Monroe Bergdorf that I think is um, worth reading out. Fitting. So I'm going to go for it. So. Um, Sorry to all the royalists out there. Lucy, this fast is... forward. <laughs> <laughs> so she posted, um, Dear rest of the world, don't be fooled by any propaganda you see coming out of the UK this weekend ahead of the coronation. The mood here is not jubilant, it is sour. England is a fascist nightmare. 
where there are more food banks than branches of McDonald's. Pause. We don't want pageantry. We want affordable food and rent and bills. The timing of this coronation, with all its gold and bejeweled opulence, couldn't be more distasteful and sickening. It's unjustifiable and it's unwanted. If we're asking God to save anyone, it should be the 14.4 million people living in poverty, not the king. And, you know, whilst personally, I, I, I don't really pay it that much attention, but I do think that this um, is really hard-hitting and has some really hard-hitting notes in there because, mm. you know, the country is a shit show at the moment and there is a lot of people suffering. And the last thing that we need it or needed was spending money on, you know, just a show, basically. One big show. And I'll tell you something else, actually, that did kind of get my back up a little bit. The whole pledging allegiance thing. Like, what asking to be pledged allegiance to, I just find that very outdated and unnecessary. Something's coming, people. So I pledge allegiance to Meredith Grey. That's all. <laughs> I, I pledge allegiance to, to myself. I was going to say, I pledge allegiance to myself. The only person that I can trust right now is me. Okay? Oh my God. I'm putting all my eggs into my basket. You've got, <laughs> not, you don't have any trust in Rishi? I have Rishi, no trust Rishi? in anyone right Rishi, now Rishi. that has any authority over this country. So that's the. Um, yeah, Just that's saying. my. That's but my, I voted. Uh, <laughs> bloody hell i did i voted because you can't you can't sit here and go you know you've got no trust but you have to i mean i've got no trust but i still have to like pretend that i want something to happen really? with a better part i don't know i just feel well, like I'm, you... i just feel like that's a completely different story it is, let's not we're, yeah we're talking about the uh the, okay, the coronation yeah. and and that that piece there i just think yeah very um very hard hitting and um it was worth highlighting. What she did with that post was completely and utterly hit the nail on the head mm. of the zeitgeist right now about how people in this country are feeling. Yes. And I, I think that it will come as quite a shock to some, you know, old biddy royalists out there to reckon with the fact that actually like a huge number of people in this country no longer want to uh uphold this establishment this mm. this franchise basically mm. um which is the monarchy because you know it, aside from how distasteful it is to to put on such a you know show that Pageantry. costs millions and millions at the taxpayers um behest um that that's you know that's one thing in itself but you know we can't forget the fact that these people these people's lives are completely different to you know the regular person, so the regular you I and saying. I. Yeah, no representation. And the no only reason why they are they afforded these lives is off of the backs of you know chattel slavery back in the day, colonialism, um, you know centuries old systems that were set in place to keep power in a very minute amount of hands, mm. and the working people of today who mm. who whose taxes pay for all of the things that they you know Can get afford. to do with their lovely lives just yeah. because we're in more modern times doesn't mean that any of the systems have actually changed no 
but the systems are so ingrained and so yeah. um you know pervasive into our day-to-day lives there's no way of, of really getting away from it yeah it's yeah. oh that's depressing i mean there it? are monarchies in, in many other countries as well but none of them not on this level cost as much as as ours do not on this level not on this level and they do nothing you know to 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 the good of the people and I, yeah. you know, I really would like to have, and I call upon anyone that feels that like they could have a structured and a debate about why we need the monarchy. Because what benefits? What do they benefits? Bring? You can't bring. have that debate. No, because it, it the, won't be a, a, a debate in good faith. Because to have a good faith debate, you have to all come with the same sets of facts. Everybody has, to, whether you mm. are on one side of them or on the other side of them, you all have to agree on the same set of facts. And you're not going to get people that are pro monarchy that are baiting their arguments on the same sets of facts because they're going to make up their own facts and they're going to distort numbers and they're going to tell you the things that you know forward their own narrative but when you look at the actual facts Mm. the numbers the effects that it has on society as a whole it is inarguable to Mm. still have a monarchy at least a tax-funded monarchy in today's society yeah there's no way to argue no no there really isn't but i was still good call upon having the conversation because i haven't really had a frank conversation to understand the other side and i always feel like it's beneficial to understand where other people come from when they and i don't want to i don't really know if i want to have it with someone that's not age not being aged or anything but i don't want to have it with someone that's grown up with the monarchy Mm. per se is like i want to have it with younger our generation Mm. to understand why they feel like it's beneficial because I i you know i do have friends who you know, are are royalists, um, and you know, get really upset when you know when I talk back, like talk, talk like this about the royals. Um, so I'd like to have a debate about it because I find it interesting to hear where different people's perspectives come from. Isn't That's it about funny it. how these people will defend to the ends of the earth these people that they have never met and have mm. like no connection with at all? I heard a woman this morning. Was it this morning or some, somewhere? I heard a woman, uh, this lovely black lady who had been cute. Um, camping out this weekend or the weekend of the coronation sorry um and she basically was saying about how she doesn't understand why harry not harry yeah harry was invited and you know that he should be ashamed of himself and megan megan is i can't remember what she called her something or the other and she's and she was sitting there and she was and i was watching her thinking i would really like to understand how you as an as an older black lady who potentially would have lived through some horrific times, how you can sit there and bash Meghan and Harry for standing up for their own, and having their own voice, and, um, and even sit there and, and, and camp out mm. to watch this nonsense. That is called assimilation i know it's just oh it's sad anyway let's we should move on because we could talk about this all day <laughs> and it's all rubbish at the end of the day it's just like, literally it is because no one's got a fucking clue about what's going on literally no one's sat there talking to the royals and knows what's going on no one knows what's going on behind closed doors it's just all bloody rubbish to it's be honest actually there is a lot of talk about what happens behind closed doors and there's a lot of dodgy dealings that the royal family do but it's not publicized it's not in mainstream no absolutely but this is the thing like everything that goes on all conversation that goes on about them in the current times is basically speculation Mm. because nobody has hard truth 
Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of fact out there about how the royal family manipulate the par- parliament and government to change laws to benefit them, and this is like this is when it gets like beyond even just pageantry, like it's corruption. <laughs> I don't think they have a say in anything, nor the government. I think it goes way above that. Okay, we're treading into like Illuminati <laughs> territory here. And I, can't, I can't follow you down that path. I'm going to swiftly <laughs> move on before we get New too order. deep and we don't have time to touch on what we're here for today. Um, I'm not going to go into the other word on the street that I had because I Can feel... I just say last word on the matter though before you okay. move on very quickly? If, I don't know if any of you have seen the Swedish monarchy. If Prince William was as hot as the Prince of Sweden... I'd be on a completely different tune. Who's the Prince of Sweden? Can you pull the Prince of Sweden up on the screen, please? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Pretty privilege is real, and I will give him all the privilege because he is very pretty. He is a very, very handsome man. Honestly, sometimes you say say the most... We have the most intelligent conversations, and then you just talk like that, and I'm just like... Because I've got to ground you, you know? He looks like a Disney prince. Exactly. Yeah, he does. He looks Can you like imagine if that Disney was our royal prince. family? I'd be like, yes, God he, save the queen. He is. King. He is stunning. He's a spice. Wow. He's okay. a spice and a half. Yeah, Jesus. Okay. But um, anyway. His wife is also gorgeous. We should be, you know, equality and all that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this brings us nicely into why we are here today. Yeah, Ricky is the man of dating, and today we're going to be talking about gating. Juicy, I've done that, gating. (laughs) (laughs) I find myself funny if no one else does. Um, And we start off, we want to talk to us about impulse, because you do a lot of work with impulse. Tell us, first of all, Mm -hmm. what is impulse, um, and what do you do for them? them? How do you rep them? So impulse is a, excuse me. Impulse is a um, global charity um, funded by the um, AIDS Health Organization. Um, it started in the US and the London um, Bureau is the first one in Europe. It started in, I'm not going to say the year because I'll get it wrong and then I'll get in trouble, um, a few years ago. And um, <laughs> I think it was 2017. Um, but basically the aim is to connect, support and engage gay men globally. Um Although, however, like at the, the in the London um, branch of Impulse, we kind of, not that the rest of Impulse isn't inclusive, but in the London branch, we kind of, our messaging is kind of tailored to a wider community, kind of just the whole LGBT community um, and allies. Um, and so, yeah, the charity basically, thankfully, uh, fully funded by the AIDS Health Organization. So we don't have to worry too much about fundraising, although it is ap- appreciated, obviously. Mm. Um, but we... Basically, at the start of every year, we sit down um, as a group and decide, or we we discuss what issues, and we ask our community as well, what issues are affecting us the most in in London as a a gay community. Um, And then we kind of set out a plan and dedicate that year to trying to kind of, you know, remedy some of those issues and, Mm. you know, help the community. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. And we, we, we do that in various ways. Um, to give you a few examples, um, last year our, our theme was called Everybody Sexy. A lot of people came back to us and said that they felt very, um, you know, unwanted, unloved, and um, very, under a lot of pressure to look a certain way, mm. which is a running I theme that in the campaign gay community. that you did. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. And we did some photo shoots of people of all different types of bodies, uh, different 
abilities, different body shapes, different skin colors, different ages, etc. And just Brilliant. said, you know, look, these people are all beautiful yeah. in their own way. Um, and just trying to kind of like lift them up and be like, yeah. look, beauty comes in all different shapes and sizes. So, um, and that was a really successful campaign. This year we're focusing on chemsex, which is an issue that's, you know, really pertinent in the London gay community, specifically as London is the chemsex capital of the world. Um, although it is an issue in, in most big cities, especially any city that has a large Sorry, community. just for those people that don't know what chemsex is, could you just explain? God, it's a very big thing, but I'll just summarise it into like one sentence. It's basically <laughs> a phenomena that affects the gay community where people engage in sexual intercourse with the aid of um, specific types of drugs. So usually that would be GHB, um, methadrone and... Um, crystal meth which is obviously really really bad in comparison to the to the others um and it's a phenomenon that's kind of like blown up especially since the pandemic um and there's you know quite a lot do you think that is well when you think about the the root cause of all addiction it all comes from a place of of um i've forgotten the exact wording now it's um ritual comfort seeking i was gonna say it's um, comfort, isn't it yeah and specifically with gay people it's about community and loneliness mm. um and people looking for their tribe and unfortunately finding it in unfortunate places at times um but taking certain drugs obviously helps you lower your inhibitions it makes, makes you want to you know do things that you wouldn't maybe wouldn't do, do otherwise yeah. mm. um it's literally for, like forget as well like you kind switch of off and escapism escapism that's mm. the word escapism 100 percent. but when you're in a room full of people so i should also add that chemsex quite often happens in a group setting right. um or at least that's how many people are introduced to it mm. and so if you're in a room with people that kind of feel the same way as you and are also you know taking these drugs to lower their inhibitions and you know feel more free then you've you know essentially found your crowd yeah. yeah and then it's quite difficult to get out of it yeah yeah <sighs> and just to add on to that so what we're doing this year is we're trying to put on a lot of events we basically we basically just put on events that's our main thing and and um like spotlighting and and signposting to organizations that can actually help with all different topics obviously this year it's chemsex but what we're doing this year our focus is we're trying to host loads of events that are sober spaces so Mm. just rather than you know telling people don't do drugs drugs are bad isn't going to work for most people it's the same as like telling kids like don't have sex but they're all getting pregnant anyway so rather than do that we our what we've kind of decided as an organization would the best way that we as non-medical professionals can help is to kind of just offer people offer people an alternative so we're gonna you know we're putting on we've got a book club we've got uh, we're you know, fingers crossed, it's going to expand into a, a movie club as well. Um, we're doing, we're hosting some, what we're calling calling a crafternoon. Yes. Or, which is, or this one we're tagging a stitch and bitch. So we, Love everyone's going to come. <laughs> yeah, we've got people, like a couple of drag queens that are going to come and, you know, everyone around a table, like um, making their own outfits in time for festival season. Mm. Oh my God, I um, want to come to that. That's I'll brilliant. let you know when, yeah. when it's going on. <clears throat> um, Do you have to know how to sew? probably helps but i don't know if you have to because there are gonna be yeah (laughs) but yeah we're just basically (laughs) (laughs) just basically providing spaces for gay people to communicate and connect and and create connections in a sober environment that's amazing yeah such incredible work how did you come about 
impulse. Funny, actually, you should mention that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tell, tell us all, please. Can I have one, please? So, actually, a couple of reasons. So, I met a guy online a few years ago um, for, you know, nefarious reasons. And <laughs> the, the um, we never actually hooked up in the end, but we kind of maintained an online friendship. Um, and then when I was doing my master's, um, I decided that I would, I wanted to focus on my master's was in journalism, by the way, I should probably say, but I wanted to focus on writing stories about my community. Um, and chemsex is an issue that obviously affects my community quite a lot in London. Um, and he was, is one of the directors at Impulse and mentioned to me that, you know, this might be a good, you know, kind of segue into finding out more information about chemsex and the community mm. and just might open some doors for you. So I went along um initially i was only going along to kind of like interview some people and you know write a story about chemsex but then i ended up joining and a year and a bit later i'm still there um and it's going really well yeah Mm. has opened up a lot of doors for sure amazing that's incredible we'll definitely add um information about impulse uh, a link at least to the instagram page and the website and the show notes um and on social and stuff which is amazing because yeah, we'd love to shout about things like that. I'll just add one more thing. We do every You've been adding months. a lot of things. Sorry. <laughs> I t- good, I'm glad. Keep if adding. It's going to be hard for whoever's editing this to cut it down. Um, yeah. I will say we do every three months um, what we something that we call um, bl- Bless This Brunch, which is a drag brunch that we do every three months. I have invited you a few times, but you never come. Um, and that is, True. we kind of encourage everybody to come to Why that. You, you know, call me out like that? <laughs> Um, yeah, so that everyone's invited to come to that. Like, it's not just for for gay men. Like, and we we love everybody to come and join. Um, and the only way that you can get a ticket, tickets are free. But the only way we can get a ticket is by proving that you have um, either ordered uh, an online sexual health testing kit or been recently tested. We don't want to see your results. That is your business. Um, but just you know, show us like a a URL or a post package or something, and then you get a free ticket. And that's why it's every three months, because you should get tested every three months if you're sexually active. And that is encouraging people to look after themselves. Yeah, checking on themselves. I love that. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing God's work. (laughs) 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 I did actually like start the process of getting my ticket, and then then I can't remember what happened. The straights. (laughs) The straights got involved and just, yeah. (laughs) No, Sean didn't want to go, did he? No, I don't think Sean wanted to go. Um, I don't think. That's fair. Um, but, uh, I mean, I love that you do that work with the community. I think it's it's so important. Um, and it kind of leads us next into the next bit of talking to you a bit more about, you know, dating. I mean, I, I've, I've been there. <laughs> it is a hard world. Um, I did enjoy elements of it, obviously, but there was also a lot of stuff that I just was like... There are so many things that are wrong with our community. Like, and there's something, it's one of the things that I find a lot with marginalised communities is around how marginalised people can be discriminatory against other people in another marginalised community. Yeah. <laughs> it blows my mind. It literally blows my mind sometimes. And, I'm, and it happened a lot while I was dating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love you to share some of your your experiences of of dating online Mm -hmm. obviously a lot of gay dating happens online um and online dating is is pretty unsafe in terms of 
the language used in terms mm. of there's no policing. Mm. I also think that a lot of companies like Grinder, Tinder, all of those people have a lot of answering to do with, you know, reporting and policing those platforms. So yeah. And I know you share a lot of stuff on social media. Some of them I, I read and I'm like, Ricky, why do you even get yourself in these situations? <laughs> it's all Hello. for the memoir. <laughs> it's all for the memoir. I'm going to write my play about my trauma. What's it going to be gonna called? And you're going to watch it and be like, I want some nuanced characters. <laughs> Can't relate to this. Yeah, what's the play going to be called? What's your play called? Oh my God, you know, I had it. I, I, I thought about this recently and now it's gone out of my head, but it, it will be good, don't worry. I'm good at naming things. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. T- talk to us. What what do you love about you know, online dating? What, what do you I would say, it? actually, for the breeders listening, is the what the straights. Oh, we call them breeders where I'm from. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. What so I would say I've never heard of is the, <laughs> to 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 straight people listening because I a lot of my straight friends always they always say shit to me like. Oh, am I allowed to swear? I mean, I've sworn already, it's fine. Um, yeah, of course. They always say shit to me like... Have you um, met us? <laughs> like, Ricky, why are you single? It doesn't make any sense. I don't get why you're single. You're so great. And I'm like, bitch, me too. The fuck? I don't know why I'm still <laughs> single because I'm a fucking catch. But what I would say is all of the issues that, you know, straight women have when it comes to dating, like online dating and, and, and in-person dating, whatever. Mm. Think of all of those issues... Mm. that you, that they experience put that under a magnifying glass and times it by 10 and there you have a peek into the world of what it is to be a single gay man in london because it is amplified to the to the 10th degree why is that though because i'll tell you what i think from an outside perspective and somebody who isn't part of the community you are i'm an ally you're an ally Fair kick. Fair kick for a um, long time. I, because what you were saying earlier about the theatre show and about the how the you know the gay community um, is portrayed, that to me is the sort of one of the reasons why it's so hard to find a solid relationship within the community. Yeah. Because there's just so many people within the community that do want to have that kind of like. Um, carefree, free-spirited, no sex with everyone kind of yeah. life, and and this is not this is something that I've heard from. I've got, you know I've got multiple gay friends, and this is this is something that I hear well, often. <laughs> Few of them. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is you know that to me that says why it's so hard. But from your perspective, I, I'm I'm guessing that's different. Or I think that a lot of people. A lot of people um, perpetuate this trope that that a monogamous relationship is kind of like the um, holy grail of you know life or relationships in general. But I think once you, if you start from that that base point, you're always going to lose because in today's society, whilst you know monogamy is still you know very valued for some people. It's unreal. It's not un- unrealistic, but it's not the reality for a lot of people. So if you start out thinking, "I want to, you know, find a guy, settle down, get married, be completely monogamous, have this relationship until you know one of us dies or whatever," you are setting yourself up for disappointment. I think that's. I'm sorry. Why I'm going to argue that because that is- it is. It's not. That is not the the reality for. A lot of people, not I'm not going to say most people because I don't know, but enough people for it to become difficult 
for somebody to try and navigate a dating world that is completely and solely focused on monogamy. And now I'm not saying that there is no space for monogamy. There are plenty of people that have monogamous relationships and I'm not mm. I'm not here advocating for polyamory. I've never experienced that myself either, although I do have friends that, you know, live that life. Mm. But I think you are putting a lot of pressure on yourself and your future partner and unrealistic expectations on the gay community. And that's not to say that you have to change who you mm. are because there are other people out there that want the same things as you if you are somebody who wants you know a completely monogamous long-term end of days kind of relationship Mm. and this and i'm i'm saying this not from the perspective of a gay person um because it's not unique to gay people anymore i'm saying this as as somebody as a millennial as a young person monogamy is trending out and that's Mm. not that's not a gay thing that is just an age thing but i do think that if you if if you as a person go into a relationship wanting a monogamous relationship that's completely down to the individual like each individual is so different like yeah but you need to go into it knowing exactly what it is that you want and if you don't know what you want then you need to go and explore because i think uh, yeah i think I, I think that's it i think you just it's i think if you want to go into something you go in with your eyes open knowing exactly what you want if you're going mm-hmm. and you don't know what you want then you're nine times out of ten going to come out of it not with what you want or with nothing at all do you think that that's because do you think that social media has a part to play in this kind of new age way of um dating or being in relationships because there seems to be st- it's it's much more easily accessible and kind of throwaway to be able to go oh well you know we've got online dating i can dm someone in the in on instagram and just like move on to the Mm -hmm. next thing whereas you know back in the day there was none of that you had to like you know write a letter or you you said to the person that you wanted to go on a date with right i'll i'll meet you down the dance at 6 p.m on friday week and that was it you had to be there back in the day women couldn't have jobs and they their whole lives were dictated by the man that they married um back in the day gay people couldn't even have a relationship um publicly anyway because it was illegal so there in, there is my point that we're not we don't live in those days anymore and that's no, not what i'm so, saying social is media. the progression of social media and the progression of accessibility yeah. and the progression of mm. um variety Social has media has had a part to play in people's view on monogamous relationships and I wouldn't put it up to social media. Social media Not definitely solely. facilitates it yeah. and definitely is a catalyst for something that was already happening before that. The change comes from a societal change moving away from, you know, Christian or, you know, heavily religious beliefs mm. and indoctrination. Um monogamy isn't natural for humans. It's been that way for centuries because we've been told that, you know, in God's eyes, that's what is expected of you to do. Mm. But as we see now with the, you know, people are becoming less religious. People Mm. are becoming, you know, more enlightened, for want of a better word. But that in itself, removing those those constraints, you know, socioeconomic equality, equality between the sexes, women actually having a say in their own lives now um, and not, you know, beholden to the wants and desires of a man. Um, gay people, LGBT people being able to live their authentic selves openly and freely. These are the things that are, you know, moving the, 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 the conversation away from monogamy because we're going away from these 
um, you know, social constructs. Monogamy is a social construct. It's not inherent. Mm. There are very few species of animals that even, you know, are monogamous. And I just want to say as well, because I can see, I, I, I can hear the, 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 the you know, the, the sigh of despair. <laughs> no, do you know what it is? There's not, nothing it's not, wrong it's, with monogamy. It's not, it's not despair, it's despair. It's despair. It's just, I've known you for a long time. And and I remember little old Ricky when I did meet him oh. a couple of years ago. I've never been little or you, old. You, <laughs> you wanted a monogamous relationship. And I feel like you've now been jaded by that. What is gay dating? And oh my now, gosh, this just turned into Jerry Springer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, God rest his soul. He recently and died. I feel like, and I feel like it's made me feel a bit sad because I feel like, you know, if that's what you want, then don't feel like you don't, you can't get that. That's it's attainable. If 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 that's what you want, you can, you you, you can, it can happen. You just have to put your trust in the process. Right, like, because there was a point where I think I was slightly similar, where I was like, I'm never going to be in a relationship because everyone just wants to have sex and with loads of different people and not settle down. And I remember I was dating this guy, and I and I really liked him, and we we were going on loads of dates. Remember Oliver, mm. but he wanted to just spread his seed. Name and shame, jeez. <sighs> He's not listening. I don't care. Um, he was a love. He was a lovely guy. He was mm-hmm. so nice, but I don't think he wanted to settle down. I he was a bit wet. <laughs> See, I told you we'd oh. need it. <laughs> um, I told you we'd need it. But what I'm trying to get at is that there was a point after mm. dating him that I was like, I feel like I'm never going to meet someone that just wants me, mm-hmm. and just wants to just wants me, and I'm enough. And I got to a point where I was like, maybe monogamy isn't for me. And I feel like that's, and I don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm guessing, but I'm thinking that's maybe where you are now. Um, and so when I'm, when you're talking about the whole monogamy thing, I was sitting here thinking, I don't, that's, that's not where you were before. I think, I, don't, I think that the change has happened, not through my being jaded, but just through kind of me opening my mind a bit more. And I think mm. where I was previously, you know, quite, fixed on the idea of monogamy um, and having a monogamous relationship for myself. I think I've got to a point where I've realized that actually that was something that was forced upon me by society and not something that I ever really, I mean, I probably wanted it at the time, but it's not something that is necessarily right for me. And I'm not saying that I don't want to be in a relationship or a monogamous relationship. I don't know what I want. Mm, I'm just mm. saying that my doors are complete. My mind is completely open mm. um, to, <laughs> <laughs> among other things, um, to to you know what is what is out there, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. So so now you're saying is that you're, you're what you're saying is just just for the people that are listening, in case anyone is you know searching, Ricky is not saying that he's not looking for a monogamous relationship. But what he's saying is he's more open minded than he was before. Hundred percent, and okay. I, I want to preface so, that as well by adding that you have to understand, and you'll respect this as well. When you're a, the t- times are different now. When you, <laughs> when you, when you grow up in the nineties <laughs> as like a little gay kid, regardless of race, but that's something we'll touch on later. When you grow up I as a little gay kid, gay kid so well, <laughs> Louisa, you'll understand. When you grow up as a little gay kid, the idea of monogamy for you. It's completely off the cards. Yeah. Because back then in the 90s, there was no representation. Well, yeah. Will and Grace, great. You know, the stupid little show that didn't actually, you know, go into any depth about the ins and outs of a gay relationship. But you grow up as a little gay kid in the 90s. There's no representation. There's no older people for you to look up to, no. to see an example 
of what a healthy mm. homo looks like um, or a healthy, healthy relationship healthy looks like. Mm. Um, and so in a way it's quite sad because, you know, I look at, I look at young children now, um, you know, I've got, uh, I won't say actually, cause I don't want to out anybody, but uh, you know, young mm. family member who, um, is LGBT and just the way that it's so like fine for them. And like, there's, yeah. they've got like, you know, l- boyfriends and girlfriends, like same sex couples mm. in school, uh, which was not a reality. That was not something that I could have done at school. I would have got my nice teeth kicked though? in. It's nice. And I look at it and I see, you know, progression. I see how far we've come. And I'm like, that's such a beautiful thing. Like young love isn't only for straight people, yeah. but it's also, it's kind of a, um, it makes me quite melancholic as well. And I, I also look at it in a way that makes mm. me quite sad because that was robbed from me. Yeah, I wasn't able to have that experience. Yeah. And so as an adult, when I finally came out into, you know, the wider world and, you know, was, was exposed to the gay community mm. and started to see people in relationships, adults in relationships, I was then like, oh, it is a reality for me. I can have that life. Mm. That's what I want. Yeah. yeah. And became a little bit maybe fixated on that idea. And yeah. whereas now I've kind of like let go of a lot of those, uh, you know, ideologies um, mm. and I've moved on. And now I'm at a point where like, actually that is like a heteronormative thing. Mm. Yeah. No offense to the straights or any gays and monogamous relationships, but you know, it's a heteronormative lifestyle that I don't necessarily subscribe want to, to or, or need to subscribe to. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm going to move us yeah. on swiftly from monogamy because <laughs> we have talked about it quite a long time Sorry. and I really want to get into the the, the nitty gritty mm-hmm. of some of the stuff that you do post on social around, especially around some of the messages that you get. Um, oh God, yeah. You know, the racism, I sp- I'm going to call mm. it racism. Um, that you get online because some of the stuff well all the stuff that you post I've seen and received and shared with you sometimes what's the terminology that you that you refer to it racial sex fetishization fetishization yeah I can't say it either fetishization oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh it's contagious racial fetishization fetishization yeah, yeah. yes that's to be it. fetishized yeah yeah so yeah. yeah, talk to us about about that. Like, and of course, there are many other ways one can be fetishized, not just by race. by way of race. No, but it is something that obviously I have experience of. Mm. Um, listen, let's just start by saying, online dating apps, especially ones targeted towards gay men, are toxic as fuck, mm. and there is no escaping that. You as much you know you said before that you think that these these companies have you know due diligence to the people that use their apps and they do and they often do you know quite a lot of stuff to try and mitigate some of the the negative um impacts that 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 their apps have on their users but there's no escaping it Mm. and you just have to learn if you want to be in that world you have to learn how to navigate it and it takes quite it takes a while and you've got to be a you know somebody who's got a bit of a tough shell um, yeah. as somebody who, of color if you look a certain way the experience that you have of these apps completely is completely different completely completely different, different. Completely different. Mm. and i'm not you know me well enough to know that i'm not somebody that plays the race card i'm always someone that looks at things objectively it's not yeah. always the answer 
but it's most of the time the answer. Like, <laughs> like um, there are obviously many other things that affect um, how you experience these apps. And I, to the, to the, to the point where actually when I was at uni, one of the projects I did was an investigation into the experiences that people of different, you know, looks or whatever have on these apps. Mm. And I had to conduct my own research and the the findings were quite interesting actually. Um, I gave people a list of all of the, so when you, I, I'll just say we use, I use Grindr as, as the, the, an example. Um, and when you create a profile, Grinder is a gay dating app. Everyone, everyone. knows what Grinder is. It's, <laughs> tin, it's Tinder, but for the gays. Even my mum knows what Grinder is. Does she? Of course she does. How? You. Yeah. <laughs> she's hip. Right. She's, yeah. she's at M Streets. I probably talked to her. So What's her name? About K. K. K's at M Streets. Okay, cool. Tagline she's the school. original fag hag. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, talk to us about Grinder. Yeah. So I, I, when you create a profile on Grinder, you you can select, you know, uh, you, you enter your stats basically, mm. and that's to do with your height, your weight, your body type, your race, your age, etc., etc. Et Some of those things are, you know, important. I don't want to date an eight-year-old man or a child, so you know, age is an important factor to mm. put on your profile. Other things, maybe not so much. But I gave people this list and I told them to to rank e- based on each um category to rank how likely they were to reply just reply to somebody um that had a blank profile so as as in no picture right only their stats yeah and how likely they were to respond to somebody with specific stats yeah interesting right mm. and as you can imagine people of certain body types came up higher or lower people Mm. that were chubby or short um tended to come kind of at the bottom of those lists Mm. um and obviously white people ranked at the top of of the list so Mm. uh, you know uh i think i worked out that the ideal imagine being short chubby and black do you know what it's not even black (laughs) people aren't even the worst if you're if you're short chubby and south asian yeah grinder is a difficult place for yeah, you yeah. um but i think i worked out like based on the the re- results that the the ideal sorry the ideal person in terms of in terms of like grinder is tom daly right. aside from the fact that he's married because that also came into it as well you're more likely to get a response if you're single obviously um <laughs> well, i don't know <laughs> i mean i quite enjoyed the task of married men there was one per- one respondent actually put mar- married as like the, the highest. Do you mean the refusing their attentions? No, no, no. Just like the whole. I know. think that is what you mean. Something meant. you can't have. Yeah. Forbidden yeah. fruit. Yeah. Mm. That's what I, is that what is that what you meant? Yeah, I meant like you know you that because uh, I remember actually getting a lot of attention from married people and always batting it away. Yeah. How very big of you. I did. I did like, bat a few away, but I did also into situation shits we've all sucked some married dicks it's fine we move um you know actually once i had i had made this whole plan for my life where i would go to like the far east and find like a closeted shake and then just like suck suck his dick on camera and then i'm set for life 
Oh my gosh, yes. But then I figured actually <laughs> it's probably not the best way because they might just disappear me and then... Oh you know, my God. Nobody wins. I don't know where this has gone, but bringing it back... That's I just... what happens when you're on your own a lot. You get a big imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me just clarify. I may be single, but I'm not alone a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, this grinder is popping. <laughs> not even, uh, actually. No. Um, yeah, what, do, what, what, what would you say... If you're in an ideal situation, what would you want to see more? Um, what would you want to see improve when it comes to to dating on apps? Less dating on apps. Yeah. Essentially. Essentially, you want to see more people going out and do. The thing is, people do do that, mm-hmm. right? I actually got chatted up once at the bar, and I found it so weird. Someone actually asked me for my number, and I turned around to him and said, "Are you joking?" Mm-hmm. He was actually quite an attractive man, but I was just so blown out that he actually had asked my number because I've never experienced that before. I was with my friend Lucy, and she was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "He's obviously joking." <laughs> and he was behind me. He was like, "I'm not joking." But I do think that if we if we if we dial shifted and people went back to that mentality of actually ask, talking to people when they're out and about that people wouldn't just be so shocked by it and be like... It's a much nicer way of meeting people, in my personal opinion. It is, but we're so used to the online bit. We're so used to being on our phones, swiping left and right, yeah. that I think that we've so become so accustomed to it that I think if we were to move into going back to that, people would find it odd, and I think there'd be a lot of awkwardness. Really? I think there's a nice security about being able to talk to someone on your phone. I actually... I enjoyed dating on apps because I liked the idea of getting to know someone, getting to get to understand their isms, and then going on a date. I don't know how you can understand somebody's isms or get to know somebody through um, a screen of black and white text. Oh, that's how I met my Shawnee. Black and yellow. Black and, ye- black and yellow. Black I met Shawnee through getting to talk to him online and liked his isms. I'm not saying that you can't meet somebody online and like them. I'm just saying that I think that it's easier to form a relationship with somebody when you meet them face to face, which is what you did. I Because you you might go on a date with 20 different people that you're talking to online, but only one of them, when you meet them face to face, is going to suit your requirements and your own personality and characteristics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm inclined to disagree a little bit. Um, I agree to an extent. In an ideal world, we'd all meet people organically and we'd all just like, you know, in the shopping shopping center, like we both reach for the same melon and like- Oh my God, I've l- I love that scene. Literally, like we'd love that to happen. But I think <laughs> I think as well, that you have to look at things. A lot of times people have conversations about- I would literally think that person was following me around the store. I'd be like, you follow me around the store. I think it was weird. I think Sorry. a lot of the time we have <laughs> a lot of the time when we have conversations about online dating again we look at it through a heteronormative lens and actually like you can just meet if you're a straight man or a straight woman another person in the street or on the train or in the supermarket and you know hit it off and you know my you know see a little meet cute turns into love how do you know if someone's gay that's not a reality for gay people because yeah. there's there's one of one of three things can happen. You can meet somebody in the shopping center and turns out you're both gay and they're, you know, you hit it off and that happens. Great, fantastic. You meet them, they're gay, they're not interested. You have a little awkward kind of, oh, never mind, walk away. You meet them and they're straight. 
they're very offended by the fact that you've moved moved to them and you know that can end in a number of ways so there's a whether you're gay or straight (laughs) if you're if you're getting the eyes you're getting the eyes aren't you or the getting the feels you know but as the person who's giving the eyes you don't know that the person receiving the eyes is also well then who who someone has to give otherwise nobody gets I do see where he's coming from. Which is why everybody should be first. It's not just a straight line, is it? It's not just a simple and clear cut. There's so many different... Of course not, but it's not in either world. No, it's And also you have to to respect as well that in small towns... No, no. You're saying it's slightly easier online. No, face to face. It's slightly easier for a hetero couple, hetero people to meet face to face than like in, in, in in a natural organic sort of way i don't than, i don't than, than for potentially for gay or lgbt people i don't know because i don't i don't actually know anybody who has like met anyone in a supermarket or something like everyone i know is even met in like the pub mm. or a bar or something like that which is basically you know as a gay person you would go to a gay bar or gay pub perhaps and that's how you would meet somebody out as well so i don't actually know about the whole like supermarket scene or like you know <laughs> cinema whatever cinema but you should be talking <laughs> in the know. cinema <laughs> i know i don't know why i said that <laughs> i've never met anyone in a cinema <laughs> i've definitely seen hot people in the cinema but i've never spoken to anyone i mean i would i i I couldn't fathom going up to someone and telling them that I think and like chatting them up at a bar. Like I just couldn't. It literally would give it make me feel sick. Mm. I would be a sweaty mess. I'd probably shit myself, and yeah, I, I would just turn up and blabbering mess. So I, I, I'm glad that I've had my phone to protect me. So from my experience, it has been helpful. Yeah, but it's also completely damaged my self esteem, my confidence, my mental health. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been called every name under the sun. I've been called the N-word. I've been fetishized. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I even had people turn up to my house and treat me like shit. I've been locked in fucking people's bedrooms. Like, I oh have been God. through the mill, sister. Okay? Oh but I, I think that there is... I think there's still a lot of work to be done when it comes to dating online for... Protecting people. Protecting people, yeah. Mm. And I, that's why I keep going back to... I don't know what the answer is, but I do think that... I mean, I think Grindr should be axed because I think, unfortunately, it's created a culture of... But it's not the platform that's the problem, it's the people. No, but... It's it is the platform to an extent. Yeah. How, but s- how the, so? Like you they've what created a culture. They've cre- Grindr's created a cult- the culture. It's not just Grindr. How you know, all of the apps. The culture, though? Because if you think about all of the apps that are based on you know, you're making a split decision on somebody based on their profile picture in a few seconds. It's not just Grindr. Think about Tinder, Yeah, that's Hinge, all whatever. dating apps. Yeah. yeah, so all dating apps, they've created this kind of culture where, you know, everything is so superficial. You make snap decision, swipe left, right, left, right. And that has sort of become the the norm for us We've now. So it's shallow. quite difficult. Exactly. This is referring back to what I was saying earlier. It's, it's made people exposable. Disposable, even. Disposable. It's made people disposable. So that's exactly what I was yeah. saying earlier on, like this whole, you know, way of thinking that, you know, well, we'll just move on to the next one. That one's like, you know, that one's done now. We'll move on to the next one. What, next what one. that's called is um, there's there's something that you get, which is called choice overload. And when yes. you have mm. so many people 
Mm. Um, and it's people are so accessible to you just the, that the flick of a finger that if that person isn't completely perfect or you know isn't ticking enough boxes yeah. rather than trying to like peel back the surface and dig a bit deeper and see if there's more to that person it's just. okay to just swipe because there's another one waiting. So yeah. you kind that's of that's not get the reality into... though. For, 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 that wasn't the reality for me. I that's the reality for people. That... <laughs> <laughs> oh god, <laughs> get the bloody violins out! No, but like it's just like that is not the reality for a lot of people. Like for some people, yes, it's you know I can you know I can swipe right and and if I if I talk to him and don't like it, I can fuck him. Move into the next one. But for don't some... fuck him if you don't like him. No, I don't mean <laughs> literally. Uh, but for some people, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm no, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying, but I'm talking about like a, and feelings. I, I'm talking from like I've a basic level. Yeah, no, I, so I'm not saying I don't swipe. What I'm saying is that I don't see people as disposable, I think, in that way, because I realise, I mean, I suppose it's about, it's about the people, you're right, it actually goes back to the fact that it's about the people using the platform. The people that are using the platform, but the platforms are created the culture and that's the problem. So if you want to see the shift in the people, you need to change the culture. But also... The platforms have created the opportunity. That's what they've created. Take but away the, platform, the platforms. The platforms have also... There's, there's, there's good and bad to each of them, okay? 100% from like let's not let's take into account as well especially for the gay community which is a which is a community that is has long been ostracized from society yeah when you're talking about people for example in small towns where there are there isn't that same level of access to people something like grinder is a lifesaver because you're literally facilitating the existence of a community a gay community in that town where there could only be like three or four gay people and you have no idea but you open grinder and Mm -hmm. there's someone probably like 10 miles away but you've probably got a car you live in the countryside um but obviously in the city i agree it's a bit different with that yeah my issue with the dating apps is twofold number one it they it it allows people to perpetuate certain stereotypes of society and certain um discriminatory behaviors Mm. um so obviously we get into a situation where it somehow becomes acceptable to discriminate against people that look a certain way yeah um because you have that online even though like often people do have face pictures is there's still kind of that that there's a there's a distance there even though it's a virtual distance um so you're not necessarily you don't have to see that person's feelings and reaction in real yeah. time so it allows you it's like you know keyboard warriors yeah, yeah. Mm. so you're creating a distance between yourself and and the the consequences of what you say to somebody online um and that often, you know, does happen to people that don't look like Tom Daly. Um, however, what's happened now, I think, with, with with online dating and gay dating, especially with apps, I don't want to keep harping back to Grindr, but obviously that's a reference point that everyone understands. Yeah. Um, what happens now, and I, you wouldn't have this experience, I guess, because you've been in a relationship for quite a long time, but... <laughs> The way that people, because we've become as a community, this is why I think it's a bit different to the the, the straight community. Yeah. Whereas a community, we've we've almost become dependent on apps like Grinder. Mm. Um, there's a lot of issues with people having addictions to apps like apps, yeah. apps like Grinder. Yeah, mm. it's such an an ingrained part of our life now as a community that actually you find that people, the way that people speak to each other on Grinder has is bleeding into reality as well. So mm, now really? it's beca- yeah, it, it becomes, you know, you have certain conversations with people in person, in real life. And because they're so used to 
having conversations in a certain way on mm. these apps on these platforms it's now bled into real life conversations Fucking so it hell. takes it's going to take a lot of time it's really? not like, it's give not, us an example it's make, sorry it's because making I'm people like, unable to actually communicate in the real in reality give us an example. it does yeah sorry you know it just you you can very quickly uh, like pre these these dating apps and stuff if you had a conversation with somebody in a bar you would hope that it would take a little bit longer for the conversation to move to you know the bedroom yes but because of the you know the apps kind of like cutting out that middle stage and just going do you want to just sort that out while i'm yeah go on I was trying to do it quietly. I do mine as well at the same time. I was trying to do it quietly. Go on, beverage, beverage, break. beverage break, beverage break. We also just need to do a quick charge to us. It's, you know, oh, it's charge. It's in the middle of a sentence. Well, we're already breaked. For I'll, this. Come, I'll come back. It's fine. We may as well. He's not going to forget. Okay. That looks lovely. That looks like a proper cocktail, doesn't it? Cheers. Cheers. Wow. You can't really reach, but I'm not going to stand up, Louisa. But thanks anyway. <laughs> Louisa. Oh, there we go. Oh, that is delicious. It's all right. Ding, ding. Forgot what I was saying Round two. We're back. (laughs) See, I told you. Anyway, the way that people talk on apps. You wanted to give us an example of the... Well, yeah, you like, okay. So (laughs) you, you meet somebody and the conversation very quickly will go, you know to that other sexual nature which is not like how it would happen prior to you know apps and conversations like that happening on apps um it's kind of like a weird thing now as well where i feel like that was always the way that you would meet someone and they'd want to go straight to bed depending on the type of person that you met right i guess but it's a lot there's a lot less steps involved now but like Mm. like the apps you know is it not a thing where it's kind of like you're either on it to meet someone yeah. for a fuck or you're on it to meet someone for... A relationship. Yeah. There's yeah. different apps for different pa- lad- I, I, lads. Well, and that's really, what I think. Well, that's I don't feel like there is for, like, straight people. No, you're unfortunate in that, that respect. You've got to be <laughs> up front and be like, look, no yeah. strings attached. Because the way that you guys use Tinder, I say you guys, I'm pointing at you, that's really bad. The way that straight <laughs> people right. use Tinder is the way that gay people use Grindr. Yeah. And gay people use Grindr the way that straight people use like plenty of fish. I've never used plenty of fish. I'm not sure about that. What's plenty of fish? I don't know. My, I feel Before like my, time. my mum used to use plenty. Of I fish, loved I plenty like of fish. I've never used. Oh my that. god, I loved plenty of Can fish. Can I blow your yeah, mind? Do you know I what? There is actually com. there is actually an app yeah. They're that all is owned by the same people. What? Are they? Are they? Mm. Oh. There is actually an app yeah that was for. Well, I don't think it's specifically targeted at straight people. But it is literally for sex only. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. You told me about this yeah. once. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. How long do we... Does this go on for? <laughs> what, this episode? Oh, uh, my. Mm. Yeah, we've gone... We've been going on. That's what I knew it was going to be this, but you've, we've been going on. But before... But let's just summarise, mm-hmm. because, you know, I want to move on to questions and, and stuff. But what would your advice be to people that are going out and dating on apps um trying in, to navigate trying that to navigate that world yeah i think that the best advice i would give to somebody is to get off it's fine get off it's, it no 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 <laughs> shut it down <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a harsh reality that the apps kind of like 
they 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 offer something that is difficult to replicate in real life my advice would be when you start dating somebody online is to get it off the app as soon as possible use that as a starting point mm. but try to decrease the amount of time that you stay mm, online for yeah okay try mm. to minimize the amount of people that you're actually speaking to in that mm. way like if you're just there to get a hookup then you're just there to get a hookup in it like you're just dipping it and doing it but if mm. you're actually looking for a relationship mm. you know talk to, for example on hinge that's one that i use i swear by hinge maybe mm. you've got yeah, like five or six nice. guys or girls on your list mm. stop you know, try and, mm-hmm. and get one of those people um, a little bit more engaged, try mm-hmm. and get to know that one person a bit more. And then, you know, maybe it doesn't pan out, move to another one, and then you can start, you know, the cycle. But like, keep it to a small amount of people and then get off the app and face to face as soon as possible. Yeah, because mm. that is what's, it's mentally exhausting, you know, mm. trying to talk to like multiple, multiple people, people at the remembering same time. their names, remembering their background stories. Remembering do you know how many times I've, I've said to somebody, oh yeah, because you do this. And yeah. they're like, no, I don't no. know. And I'm Not like, me, oh, babe. Somebody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my advice, I mean, it's been, like you said, it has been a little while, but my advice would be, do not ever allow someone to diminish your character or make you feel like you don't belong in a space that you do belong in. Um, mm. Because I think there was a time where I didn't feel that like I could be gay and black. I just felt like those two things just didn't work yep. in the day gating world for me and the way that I dated. And, you know, I was always seen as a sexual commodity. Mm-hmm. And and I think that sometimes you, if you hear a narrative constantly thrown at you, you start to think, should I just do that? Should I just be a sexual commodity? Mm. And so don't allow some, don't allow the apps to change your character because it can. Easier said than done, but yes, wise words. My advice is know what you are going on there for first and foremost. And if anybody throws you any shade, racism, discrimination in any way. Blacka, blacka, blacka. Oh, yeah. Blacka, blacka, yeah. blacka. Just but get them so- the fuck off. Yeah. Can yeah. I just say quickly, Although though. sometimes, sorry, mm. sometimes there are moments where you just feel like you have to go in, okay? I have had people say things, and I've been in a mood, I've been feeling a certain way, and I've gone, do you know what? You're going to feel my wrath today. I just think yeah. don't waste your energy. I know, but sometimes you can use it as a real teachable moment, because actually once... It happened and someone apologised and said, I didn't realise that that was offensive. And I explained racial yep. fetishization to that person and he was like, oh my God, never knew that was a thing. Oh my God, you saved a life. And yeah. so you don't know whose life you can save. Look at us, what we do on a day-to-day basis. You know, we are constantly educating people. Some people don't want to hear it and we tell them about it anyway and then one day they might change their mind and be like, do you know what? I heard mm. from CSU and they said this and actually I'm going to change. Yeah, I would just like to say on that matter before we quickly move on... Um, I could talk about the gay community in itself like for hours and hours, but in terms of dating and in terms of these apps We'll have you as back well, when you're in a relationship. I was gonna say we might have to do a two-parter. <laughs> might, be, might be a while. Um, no, so I just wanna just clear something up once and for all, because it's an argument that people have quite a lot. When you're talking about dating preferences, racial preferences are not a thing. Mm. It's racism. You cannot say, oh, I just prefer white guys. It's just a preference. Mm. That is racism. And I just want to clear that up for anyone who is listening, who is unsure as to why that would be racist. Because you are essentially 
you're saying in that sentence that if you say to somebody, oh, I'm not into black guys, it's just a preference. What you are saying in that sentence is that every single black person, number one, looks the same, mm. um, has the same kind of like thoughts and, and feelings and, you know, views on life and perspectives on life. Mm. So you're, you're saying that they're all the same, which is racist. But on top of that, you're also saying that those features that they all have are unattractive inherently Undesirable, yeah. um and that is racism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Preach. and mm-hmm. i just want to say quickly as well that i have also i, d- I do want to say because like i said i am not like a i don't play the race card all the time i have also had arguments with other black guys on grinder About who have in their profile black, black only, only which yeah. is also problematic so mm-hmm. problematic but we're not going to go into that today because no. that is a completely we're different subject into it today um but thank you that was really interesting and i hope it's given people a bit of an insight i think you know what i really wanted to have you on because i feel like I've also been asked a lot of stories about dating, even in my friendship circle and in people that I've met. And it's always nice to have an insight into the world because people don't always know about different people's experiences. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, the next topic. Thank you. The next We're bit, moving on from relationships. We're moving into our um, questions from our community, our Sasisi society. Can I, tell you, I have two anecdotes because I just thought, I thought no, it would be really good to we add haven't to got the story. Time. Oh, we've not got time for that. Okay, we have not got time for that. We can say that for another time. We have not got time for your anecdotes. <laughs> Shit, sorry. <laughs> can sorry, I just tell you, Ricky. Before we I was going to tell you like my worst ever date. This dates. is our longest episode ever. Yeah, so I just <laughs> say one thing chat. though. How do you feel like, this is a question for you, because we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? We were like, is, how do you feel like we've gone 360, not 360 or 180, like since you first started? Because obviously Ricky was our James before. Ricky was our producer for our podcast when we first started, and we didn't actually air any of them. <laughs> um, but do you think we've changed? He does just a lot of content that really helped. Yeah, you can help. Are you asking me? Yeah, do you think it's changed? Have we got better? Have we got worse? Well, you've got a backdrop now. That's a start. <laughs> we had a backdrop before. And a my mic. Li- my living room. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, definitely. You guys have upped the game. There's a lot more like... Um, Bouginess. Content value here. Bougie. I feel like you're value fishing for compliments here. right now. I am! Because yeah, once no. you mean, it's nice to get a compliment. Put your ego back in the bloody box. For God's <laughs> sake, let's move on to the quick fire questions. No, we're going to move on to the questions from the C Society. I really that's just to end, not just, the to, end. just to circle that whole topic up, I am still on the market for anyone that's watching. Ricky is still out there, Pete. How old is Jesse? I don't you didn't say. Oh bloody hell, he's had two drinks. Stop it. Anyway, I'm just gonna take one quick question from the C Society actually because we're running out of time. But how do you champion someone who is starting their own business? How do you champion someone? Well, it depends. It depends what what kind of assets you have. So you know, if you've only if you've only got a voice, then just give a lot of reassurance and encouragement. If you've got some big finances, give them some donations. Give them some money. Yeah, (laughs) always good. Social media platform helps as well. I actually really feel like some of the stuff that I we've had from people that championed us is actually just been. following us sharing sharing us, our, talking our about us getting our name out there as much as we as possible just raising awareness yeah raising awareness and they're yeah. just super champions like listening to the podcasts and stuff like that those are people that have really been championing us and i feel like that's been really like helpful and it's always so nice to hear when people like just uh, do whatever you can 
<laughs> whatever you, whatever what have you, you done can, in the past for other whatever people? you can meet. What have I done? I do a lot of. If I meet someone, like for instance, Harry Corrin, who we're getting on soon, Harry is someone that I will always champion because I truly love what he does and I truly believe in it. So every time I'm with someone, I will talk about him. And if anyone, anyone ever asks me, who do you think could do mental health first aid training, I always suggest him. Like I always find a way to make sure that I am elevating him and his brand because I, I care about what he does. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just what I do. I really like Harry vicariously through you. I've never met him, <laughs> but the way you guys talk about him and like put him up on this pedestal, I feel like we're friends and I feel like I like him a lot. He's great. Good. He's, He's great. sweet. You have to listen that to his, for his episode. Anyway, let's move on to Manny's of the Week and then we'll end on our quick fire questions. So I have to get my nails done? Hmm. No, we do. We talk, we basically, we manifest something for ourselves oh, for the week. Yeah, what's that, your manner? That's the, that's, your, that's the end. What's what's the reason wants us to end on manners of the week? Sorry, peeps, we're going to end on manners of the week. Okay, we, we do normally end that's on manners of the week. Do. Yeah, but it was there, and I've just followed the I followed the the order, babes. I'm just following the order. I have fucked up, peeps. I'm going to do quick fire questions. <laughs> Louise is sitting here as usual with her glary eyes, telling me it's wrong. I like your glary eyes, Louisa. Thank you, babe. I really want to pour this drink on her. <laughs> you know the plan. <laughs> right, so we, we we ask our guests some quick fire questions. Oh, I love this. Don't overthink it. Okay. Just say That's the hard first for me. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. What's your go to snack? Oh, something with anything I can dip in hummus. Mm. What are you? I like to put some paprika on top of the hummus. Sorry, carry on. You are 100 years old. You have Mm. all your faculties. Where in the world would you want to be? Firstly, I'm never going to be 100 years old. How dare you? (laughs) Secondly, um, Hawaii. No. I wouldn't. That's my like dream. Like I want to retire to Hawaii. Nice. Love that. Mm. Mm. What is your favorite restaurant? Um, I don't never have a favorite restaurant, but I would go. Chinese buffet is up there. <laughs> Just any Chinese buffet. It doesn't really have to be that good, to be honest. But I, w- I would love a Chinese buffet. If nice. it's sweet and sour chicken, egg fried rice, unlimited, then yeah. But nice. you don't... Just as an as a side point, don't eat rice and chips when you go to a buffet. You'll need to get your money's worth. Go for the meat and the seafood. That's what the expensive parts are. Eat all the yes. prawns. Yeah, yes. I always all the say shrimp. that. Um... So this is from my good friend, Brene. You were called to be brave. What's the first thing that you do? Brene Brown. Yeah. <laughs> good friend. Good What's friend. the question again? Literally the best. You are called to be brave. What's the first thing that you do? <gasps> oh, just find a random bitch and slap them in the face. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, yeah. Guys, hold on a second. <laughs> okay, let's go. Yes, I love you that. You Check a bitch real quick and then go. Love it, love it. And lastly, who are you calling in? (sighs) Who am I calling in? Wow. I don't that's not a quick fire question. That's that involves thought, deep thought. Really? I feel like you probably I thought you would have had a list of (laughs) people call ins. Well then it's trying to find one, isn't it, out of that (laughs) list? (laughs) Who am I calling in? On the, okay, so on the topic that we've discussed today, I guess I'm I'm calling in just 
every every member of the gay community that perpetuates a very narrow idea of beauty mm. and um clap them gays basically do better <sighs> be better be better yeah yes. beauty is in all different shapes and sizes here for it nice one thank, thank you ricky you. and now ladies and gentlemen and everyone else let's get to decide <laughs> we're going to end on our manies of the week Manny's of the week. Manny's of the week. Okay, so my Manny's of the week. Oh, yes, sorry. Ricky. Butch Queen Wellness. <laughs> <laughs> so my manifestation this week is about is going to be um, having some fun. Mm. Like I girls just wanna have fun. I feel like I've lost that like funness in me recent of late so i just want to that's the magic in me <laughs> i watched pitch perfect the other day i just want to have fun oh, so i'm that's my manifestation is just have fun i the other day a, a tip for doing that is to just do if someone asks you to do something or go somewhere just say yes and yeah. do it and the other day a friend of mine asked me to go to a roller disco with her but oh, it was love. like a it was like a bashman roller disco oh, i saw that on your instagram <gasps> Yeah, yeah. And I've never skated before. I've been ice skating and I'm awful at it. I'm terrible. I have to hold the edge the whole time. So I was like, oh, I don't know about this, guys. I can't really skate. I don't want to fall over, broke my neck and then it's all over. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to fall. And it got to like 10.30 p.m. and I still hadn't left. And I was like, should I just like sack it in? And, I, and then I've just forced myself to go. And you know what? I was there until half one in the morning. Is this a regular thing? Yeah, it happens quite often. Can you send us the... We need to go to that. And it's mm. not too far away from you guys, I think. It's in Harrow. That's not far from no. you, is it? Wow. Yeah. And um, I had an amazing time. I was literally... I had never skated before. And like, you know, a bit difficult at first. Say but yes. I was a natural. Say yes. And it's what, a workout. What's your manifestation, afterwards. Ricky? We are Wait, moving on. first. No, we are doing yours. Okay. My manifestation of the week. Oh, God. Um, do you know what? There's this guy... I've been seeing recently but when I say seeing it's just we're just like fuck buddies there's no like relationship involved mm. but I'm convinced that I can convert him um because yeah I want that dick on a regular basis so oh. I'm manifesting you heard it here first you're manifest, Mr. Man you're manifesting regular dick yeah I want friend, friend, the friend with benefits to, thing to just become like more than that Okay, okay. Yeah. But not marriage and monogamy. I was going to say, monogamy. this feels like a 360. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it literally feels like you're asking I, for a relationship. I would like my cake and eat it too. I want to be in a relationship with somebody and then also be able to have sex with other people. Okay. You heard it. Um, my manifestation this week is... I just had it in my head and now it's like dropped out. Um, such a scratching to try and find it (laughs) (laughs) i swear my life it was there it was there um my manifestation this week is to it's gone it's gone people i'm sorry you want to get a cream for that thing that you've got happening God, organization. Man, Louise is manifesting organization. It's funny because I was thinking that many, and I thought, now I said that one before. I need to get organized. I don't want to get organized. It wasn't that. But okay, I'll take it. Take the organize. I wish I had organization. Organize. Can, I, can I have that one as well? Yeah. Every other day I, I organize. On that note, kids, thank you so much, everyone. Stay brave. Stay curious. And stay honest. Stay honest.